Kia ora. Ko Matt Mansell toko ingoa. I wrote it down so I could remember the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good morning. Uh, yes, Udina. Man, I'm excited. God is so good, right? Um, so I, you know, if you were here the last time I spoke, I will not uh, spend the first ten minutes telling you a whole lot of dad jokes. So, um, but, you know, I might accidentally stumble across some on the way. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, man, I'm so excited. It's so good. God's so good. Uh, so, <clears throat> just, Lord, please help me gather my thoughts. Amen. So, today... I'm going to be talking about ministry, prayer ministry time, the thing that we do at the end of, you know, or the, uh, uh, in one part of our service. But before we get there, I want to start at the big picture and then go from there into what we're doing in prayer ministry. So this is going to start out way out here and then get really, hopefully, really practical. And as it says, it's going to be about resurrection the bride and ministry. So as you know, we've been looking at what it means to be the bride, uh, for the church to be the bride of Christ, and what that means, and in particular looking at what that means in terms of our services and, and when we meet and gather together. So that's the, the, the guts of today, but really if we want to think about being the bride of Christ, we have to start with the fundamental hope, the fundamental, the core of the gospel. The thing that it's all about. And that's resurrection. We got it? <clears throat> so, I did not think this through. I've got resurrection in three appropriate hand gestures. And I forgot that I'd be holding a mic with one of my hands. Yeah, please. But just a sec. So, so, uh, Genesis 1, Genesis 1, 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Revelation 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. The, the, in, in Revelation, it's directly echoing the words of creation in Genesis. These bookends of the Bible, right? the, the, this, this creation story and this recreation story. Okay, James, my, uh, my lovely assistant. So, <laughs> so I've been thinking about this, and how do we explain this? This is the gospel, right? This is the, 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 the core of the story of the Bible. It starts out with this creation story where God creates the heavens and the earth. And, and when it talks, the words in the Bible there talk about the new earth, or the, sorry, the earth is everything, the whole created order, and the heavens is the whole created order, and the abode of God. So we have this world that is joined like this. There's this tight integration between the heavens and the earth, that they're one thing, such that God can walk with Adam in the dusk, right, in the evening. 
They walk together and talk together because it's like this. And we are humans at the pinnacle of creation. We're created to create. We're made in the image of God. We are created creating creation. We're made to work with him and build upon his creation under the guidance of the sovereign creator God. That is our purpose. That is why we were made. But we chose. We chose to break with God. We chose to put ourselves in that place of being the sovereign creator God, or try to anyway. We chose to break with his purpose. And that caused this cosmic sundering that broke the heavens and the earth apart. Paul calls this time, this present evil age, sin and death came into the world and separated the created order from the created, from the creator and from the heavens and the abode of God. But when you, when you look at the Bible at the end of it, right, there's a story, as it says here, where the new heavens and the new earth come and they are recreated. The old is path, path, passes away. It's purged with fire, right? And then a new heaven and a new earth is created and the resurrected people of God will work and partner with Christ in this new heaven and this new earth. This is our resurrection hope. This is it. It's for that. It's not for, I'm going to go and sit on a cloud somewhere in heaven. No, that, that, that's a place of rest before this happens. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so together, broken, together. That is our hope. And, oh, sorry. One more. One more bit. So if that was, if that was it, that wouldn't quite work, right? Because if we're broken like this and it's recreated and everything is, is washed away or purged with fire, well, what happens to us? We're a part of this, aren't we? But Jesus... Jesus is like a time traveller, right? He comes, that future king comes into this time now, this present evil age, and he breaks in, and he's the lightning rod of the new kingdom and the new earth. At his, at his life and his death and his resurrection is the inauguration of the new kingdom, the new heavens and the new earth. God is creating and recreating now, and the church is made to be the lightning rod as well. We are made to be his people. We are living stones in the new temple. We are made to be the place of the presence of God in preparation for the day when it becomes like this. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so good. It really is. I, I, I really encourage you to go and really study the resurrection because it is everything that we hope for. And it's, it's really easy as uh, there, there's a lot of language in the church that's quite confused about this stuff. And it's really easy to slip into this way of thinking where we go, I live here and then I die and I go to heaven and I be with God and that's it. But that actually says something profoundly, well, I'm not going to get into all the philosophy of it, right? But that's, there's dualism and Gnosticism. There's a whole bunch of stuff that that leads to that's not Christian. And that view is not Christian. If you look in the Bible, there's very little talk in the, in the Gospels and the letters about this going to sort of heaven and being with God. It's all about this new heaven and this new earth. So we can fall into this two-stage view. right? This, this, 
there's a fancy word called eschatology, which is the, 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 your theology of the end. And you kind of go, oh, yeah, whatever. But actually, our theology of the end affects everything we do now. It's really important. And if we just think that one day we'll get to leave this earth, this broken, sinful place filled with death, and go and live an eternal life with God, what does that say about the earth and the people in it? It says it's not worth anything, right? But God created it and said it was good. We, we cannot think like that. Please, please, we have to, we have to recognize it's, it's a three-stage thing. We live, you know, I'm, at some point I'm going to die and I will go and I will have a time of rest with the Lord. But that is in preparation for this new heaven and this new earth where I will return to the purpose I was created for, which is to create with God, to work with him to work with him in his new heaven and his new earth and build on top of what he does, build with him, create with him. You know, for a long time I've been kind of going, why, why do I work? What's the point? Right? I'm a public servant, that's good, right? Do nice stuff. But what's the point? There's no eternal significance to that. But, to quote Maximus and Gladiator, right, and not in some kind of weird pagan sense, but in the literal sense, this is the Christian hope, what we do today echoes in eternity. What we do today sows into that future kingdom, both in us and somehow in that kingdom. You look at the scripture here, right? I saw the holy city coming, coming the, new, the new Jerusalem, part of the new heavens and the new earth, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride. Right? Oh, that's us. Right? The church, beautifully dressed for her husband. We can sow into that future kingdom. I don't know how it works, right? But we, 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 we are built to create with God. So, I want to just, just leave it there, right? There's so much more that can be said, and, I, and I'm, I'm in danger of disappearing down the rabbit hole. But, but just think about that, that new heaven and that new earth, that place of peace and hope, and love and unity in creation, unity with God, unity with each other. Where we get to make and be as we were designed to make and be. So, the bride. We get, oh, no, I went the wrong way. There we go. So, we have been putting this. We've been talking about being the bride. We've been talking about uh, this thing that we do on a Sunday morning. And James has spoken about worship, right? In worship. So everything we're doing now is preparing. We are preparing for that wedding feast. But you know what? We're not just preparing for that wedding feast. We are preparing for that life beyond that wedding feast. Actually, we're preparing to be the wife of Christ. And, and in that, there's a whole bunch of stuff you do when you're preparing for a wedding and preparing for a life to be married. And, and, and this, there's a sense in which when we come together, the, the, the beautiful worship time we had where we just got to adore our wonderful creator, our wonderful Jesus, who has done so much for us. It is preparation for the time to come. We're learning to bear our hearts to him. To be whole and open before him. 
and to be accepted in all of our weakness and sin and loved by him in that place. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's an incredible thing, right? And, we, and our, So when we worship, this is what we're doing. We're in a place where we can be, just be with him. And in the word, right, this, this is learning from the groom. Learning about life. Learning about married life. What, right now, what we're doing? Premarital counselling. Yeah. Yep, that's it. You know, and, and marriage is a funny thing, right? It involves sacrifice. So, you know, I'm married to the wonderful Natalia. And, uh, and that means I've got to make some choices. I've got to choose not to do some things, like not think I could be married to someone else (laughs) because I'm married to her. I've made a choice. I've made that choice. We made that promise and we we formed that covenant together. That means it's exclusive. No one else is invited into that marriage except for God, right? He's invited into everything. So that's a sacrifice for both of us. We made a choice to forsake everybody else and prefer each other. Funnily enough, you look at uh, God in the Old Testament and the people of Israel and how he, uh, which is the one where, the the book of the Old Testament where he, the guy marries the adulterous wife, um, Hosea. I was going to say Gomer, but that's the person he marries, isn't it? Yeah. So there's this thing where God is going, be faithful. Make a sacrifice for me. I've sacrificed for you. Just like we expect in a marriage. It's, not, it's, it's the same, but much more significant. right? Not to downplay marriage. Um, but, but there's blessing that comes with it too. If I hadn't married Natalia, I wouldn't have four beautiful kids. There are things that we have done that neither of us could have done alone. I've achieved things in my life that I couldn't have done without her to, to help me and support me. And, and, and vice versa, right? So she, we, we become something more in that space. And so, you know, in, in this sense, the word is about learning about this. What does it look like? What does it look like to be in this space where we are in this relationship with this God? And you get some people who are muddling along in that, like me, stumbling and falling and getting back up and walking along and stumbling and falling and getting back up and going... I've learned some stuff, maybe. Maybe it'll help. And then the ministry, which is what the focus of today is about, is about learning to work with the groom. It's actually about life after the wedding, to my mind. It's about that, that place where we partner with God to minister to the world, to, to uh, co-create with him to use all the gifts that he's given us, not as humanity, but us as individuals. He has gifted you and he has made you for this time and for that time. What he's sowing into your life now, he is sowing into your life for now and for then. He wants you to do the things that you're doing now, that you're made to do now. Love and care and create. I'm a... I'm a strategy nerd. I love doing that stuff. I love planning. I love helping organizations move and transform and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what it looks like, 
but there is a place in the new heavens and the new earth for that because those are the gifts he's given me. So there must be something there where I get to do that. I love to write. Maybe I'll do some there. Maybe I'll actually get around to it. <laughs> uh, I'll have an eternity, right? Um, so this is the, but, but ministry is this thing about learning to partner with God. It's this thing about learning to walk with him and unfold that creation now, that new creation now. We get to reach into the future, hence the title of this, and pull the new heavens and the new earth into now to bless somebody. To help them connect with what they're made to be. So, on that note, I want to get a bit practical, because we're going to do this in a minute. So, first of all, when we have a ministry time at the church, a prayer ministry time, so there's lots of other kinds of ministries, so let's be specific. This is about that prayer ministry. Uh, there are some really good guidelines that we need to put in place. The goal of praying with people is that they encounter the risen Lord Jesus. When someone comes forward for prayer, God is already moving in them. He's calling them forward. If you go to stand with that person, you are there to support them in that. So I want to be really, really blunt here. It is not about you if you are praying for somebody. It is about them and God. Your job is to partner with the Lord in this to bless that person. You know, I, I, I confess there's a real thrill when you have a word for someone and afterwards they go, that was really bang on. I'm like, yes! <laughs> and part of that is my sinfulness and my pride going, yeah, I got it right. Yeah. right? And, and, but part of it is also that, oh my goodness, God bless that person. Isn't that so cool? Right? So I'm kind of in this space and in this space at the same time. So, so just a few ground rules, right? Men pray with men, women pray with women. Now, there's, there are possible exceptions to that, right? Marty has known Zoe since she was born, right? If he was praying with Zoe, and I know they have a really strong relationship, and I saw that, I'd go, sure, cool, whatever. But if I was praying for someone who was their first, a woman who was their first time here, if I didn't have the presence of mind to call someone else, a woman, to come and join that prayer, then actually someone should come and join that prayer because it needs to be safe for her. She needs to feel safe. Some random guy is coming up to me and saying stuff about me. So that might be okay. That might be what God wants to happen. But let's, look, let's just look out for how we make it safe for people. Right? If I see something, right, like a, a guy praying for a woman, I might, or a woman praying for a guy, I might go and get someone to go and join that. Right? So don't be surprised if one of the leaders in the church joins in, right? or, or something like that. It, it, you know, it's just a part of making it safe, because remember, it's about them, and almost always it's a vulnerable time for that person. Right? So I want to be really clear. This is about us being safe and making it a safe place so people can encounter the unsafe God. Because right? Jesus is good, but he is dangerous. Because he changes us. <sighs> Man, it gets up my nose sometimes. No, <laughs> no it doesn't. It's awesome. Um, so, just keep that in mind. The other thing is always ask for permission. Don't just walk up to somebody and start wailing on them. Doesn't matter how good the word you have is, 
ask for permission. And if they say no, don't. Pray with them. It's not about you. It's about them. If you've got a really hot word for them, and they don't want you to pray for them, I'm sure God will find another way to get that word to them. Because it's about him and them, right? Not about you. And then if you're praying with someone, ask for permission for what you do. If you want to lay hands on them, ask first. And if they say no, don't. Okay? I I mean, it sounds basic, but just, it's about them. Respect them. And if you want to, if you feel like you're, you're there and like someone's up there for the hurt knee thing, and you're going, okay, I want to lay hands on your knee, ask them. Okay? Some people might go, no. In which case, you could say to them, how about you lay hands on your knee? And I don't know about all cultures, but I feel like it's culturally inappropriate to stick your hand on the top of someone's head. Right? It makes me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. There are people, though, who have asked for that, and I've let them, because God was doing something, and I'm like, you go for it. So just ask. Yeah. Just ask. And pray in public. Don't go off somewhere, somewhere and pray in another room. If someone asks you to do that because they've got something that's vulnerable, go with somebody. Okay? Just get someone. Because it's about... It's about being safe. Okay. So, last bit, and then we're going to get stuck into it. Vineyard Church loves doing ministry, and we have a ministry model. And I thought I would just run through this very quickly. So, you get up, right? We're going to stand, stand up. We're going to spend some time waiting on the Lord. There's, there's, there might be, there'll be some words. Some people might come up for prayer. You might go, yeah, I want to pray with somebody. Can I just say, sorry, I'm going to jump, just jump back out of a second. You know, last week Zoe said, oh, what's your favourite part of the worship, uh, favourite part of the service, worship, service, worship or word or ministry or hospitality or whatever? And for me, it's the word. Right? I guess that, you know, that's just me, right? Other people, it's worship. Some people love ministry. But since I've been dwelling on this, what an immense privilege it is to be invited by God, by Jesus, into ministering the new heaven and the new earth to somebody. What an immense privilege. Now, because my thing is the word, I've had some times, right, when I've been not doing this and I've been you know, up the back. I can remember a couple of distinct occasions where, where we were here and, and there's stuff going on and Marty's praying for someone, you know, and, and he's, he's here praying for someone and he's looking around. Because he wants someone to come and pray for that person so he can go and pray for the next person. And, you know, and, and I'm up the back and I see him doing that and I'm like, this right. <laughs> so, just, I don't know why. It's the, it's, it's, the, it's the, I'm an ambivert, right? I'm kind of half extroverted and half introverted. And that's probably the introverted part of me coming out going, oh, I don't know, I feel uncomfortable about that. And it can be uncomfortable. As the person praying, it can feel vulnerable. You know, at some point we're all kind of vulnerable in this because it's, we're meeting with God, right? But what an immense privilege it is to partner with God. When, I was, when we were uh, doing the worship and I was praying for this and praying for words and stuff, I had this picture of us all standing and people praying for each other and Jesus walking amongst the groups, whispering into the ears of the people who are praying, tell them this. This will be really good for them. What 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 a privilege to take part in that. So, anyway, back to this. The interview. 
Come up to them, and again, don't just start wailing on them. Ask for what they want prayer for. Now, I've had times when people have come up to me and said, what do you want prayer for? And I'm like, I don't want to say. Just pray. That's okay too. Right? But ask them what they want, to want prayer for. Then, actually, the diagnosis is about asking God. Why? So someone's come up to pray for healing, or they're, they're in some kind of emotional distress, or, or whatever. So, okay, God, what is it that's going on here? Just ask him. I usually ask out loud, Lord, what do you want me to pray for? How can I encourage this person? What are the words you have to say to this person? What do you want to do here? And that helps you select your prayer, right? So, and, and I'm not going to get into this, this. You know, there's all sorts of different kinds of prayer. There's prayers of intercession, prayers for healing, prayers of command, prayers of rebuke for um, demonic influences and agreement and yada, yada, yada. Just pick a prayer and pray, right? Just go for it in that sense, right? And do, do what you feel led to do. There's a funny thing here, and, and the other thing I want to say, so I see, I tend to, if, if, if things are going well for me when I'm praying, if they're not, my, my brain literally empties of everything. I'm just standing there going, okay, bless this person, Lord. But, but if it's going well, I see, I see things, I see pictures. And then I, so what I try and do is I'll describe that. And it's really easy to then want to tell people what you think it means. And, uh, and I do that, and that's not, not, not generally as good. So just say what you see, or say what you hear. And to give you an example of how that plays out, a long, long, long time ago, I prayed for James. And I had this prayer, and in it, I saw, I can still see it, right? I saw him being covered in the, the Holy Spirit like, like honey. But it wasn't just on him, it was in him. And I, and I saw right down to a cell, and it was glowing, from the inside out. And so I said this to him. And then I probably said a whole bunch of stuff that was really of no use. Right? But I, I said that to him. I don't know how long it was later. Probably years later. Eight, maybe ten years later. James sends me an email. He goes, remember that prayer? And there's this attachment. I open up the attachment. And there is a cell growing from the inside out. Because in his work as a microbiologist. Yeah, he had made a bioluminescent cell. And it was glowing from the inside out. I was like. Okay, I never would have picked it. <laughs> right? Funnily enough, though, a long time ago, James had a prayer for me and for Natalia, and it was about being Transformers. So much so that he bought me a Transformers T-shirt. Uh, and, uh, and so, and for the longest time, I, I kind of went, oh, yeah, that's really cool. And I never really knew what it means. But when I was preparing for this, God brought it back to mind and goes, what do you do now? I spend my days in work helping organizations to transform it's my job i'm a transformer right? and i'm like yes yeah, 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 exactly. 15 years later right 15 years later at least 15 years later because it was a long long time ago it was when i was just back from india so so just speak your heart speak what you think god has in front of you the other thing is that i found i find happens a lot right i'll be praying for someone and i have something in my a word or or a, a picture or something and, and I'll go, oh, how do I say that? What do I, say? I don't know how to say that. And the other person I'm praying with just says it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, great. I'm just going to endorse that prayer. God will find a way. Right? Sometimes I get caught up in my own head and it doesn't happen. And God goes, okay, Matt, that's fine. I'm going to encourage you now because what I'm going to do is I'm going to give someone else the word and they're going to speak it and that will encourage you that you were hearing from me the first time. 
And that's exactly how I feel afterwards. I'm a little bit like, oh, sorry, God. But actually, I'm also like, oh, cool. So, so then you engage, right? Um, I would encourage you when you're doing this kind of prayer ministry to pray with your eyes open. Look at people. I remember once praying with Marty for somebody. And... (laughs) And uh, I was asked, and, and we're praying for this person, and Marty goes, you know, we're both standing there looking at each other and looking at the person, and Marty goes, is anything going on for you right now? He goes, no, nah, I feel nothing. He's like this. He was literally bent over like this. He says, I feel nothing. Nothing's going on for me right now. And we're like, well, more of you, Lord. Show him what you're doing. So, it, you know, you, you will see things. You can actually see the spirit on people, in, in, their, in their face, in their, you know, I mean, sometimes I see things in the physical, right, like their, like their eyes or, um, or their face or, you know, people being like this. But other times when I'm looking at people, I can, I can almost see into the spiritual, right, and see something happening to them. So keep your eyes open. And, uh, and, if, and the other thing is if you are praying for someone and nothing's happening for you, and they're not getting anything. You know, actually, there's no harm in, get, in calling someone else in. We are a family and a community. Let's use each other to bless people. And last, the post, post, post prayer direction is really afterwards. Because sometimes, I mean, I've prayed for people to be healed, and you pray and you ask them if anything's happening, and they go no, and then you pray again and you ask them if anything's happening, and they go no, and you go, and, you know, you do that a few times, right? Because you, you sometimes. Actually, if you persevere, things happen. Other times, maybe it doesn't. So then it's about uh, giving them some counsel and guidance for what to do next, right? Continue to seek the Lord, continue to pray, uh, and offer some simple encouragement to them. Because actually, God is often still working, and often in the prayer for people to be healed, there have been other words and other things that have come out that have been encouraging for that person. If someone has been healed, so some good things to remind people of, continue to nurture a close relationship with God, to stay in scriptures, to remain in fellowship, to turn away from things that might be uh, taking them away from God, right? Turn away from sin. If healing occurred, don't sit there and and say, oh, well, you can go off your meds now. Tell them to go to a doctor and get it confirmed, right? So... It, I know it can feel like it's an act of faith for people to do that kind of thing, but they should go and get it confirmed, and they should talk to their, you know, they should find out and get actual medical direction. Okay, because yeah, you know, it may be that that something they feel like something's happened, but maybe it's not. I don't know. You know who knows? At the end of the day, there's a whole lot of stuff here where we just walk in faith because we can't see the whole kingdom. Right? We see through a glass darkly. And encourage them, if, if they have been healed, to document it. Right? Write it down. Get that stuff from the doctor. Trust, and, and, and all, all of this, right? If you're coming for prayer, trust that, that Jesus, our risen Lord, will meet with you. And if you're praying for people, trust that Jesus, our risen Lord, will meet with you. And will meet with them. So, <laughs> I don't know if I want to say this. Let's, um, Jesus' family, do it. Right? 
JFDI. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, so, we're going to do it. As I said, I saw a picture of Jesus walking among people, whispering to them the words to say to other people. So, so if we could stand, maybe if we could have some ministry type music. And what we're going to do is we're going to wait on the Lord for a bit. There's a word that I think I got through the worship, and I did ask a couple of a couple of people to pray to see if they had words. So, if those people have something, if they could come forward um, uh, in, in a minute. Um, but let's just let's just seek the Lord and wait upon Him. Jesus, we thank you for the profound hope that your resurrection gives us. That it is the the first step in the the creation of that new heaven and new earth, and that you call us to partner with you in that, to be your hands and feet in this world in this time. And I ask Jesus now by your Holy Spirit that you would come and walk among us. Come and touch the hearts of your people. Come and bring healing, physical, emotional, spiritual, mental. Bring healing, Lord. Bring your hope and your love and your mercy. We wait on you now, Lord Jesus.